0: We'll Well, hello, hello, hello. This is Laquita Parks. This is another segment of My Heart on Pages. I am your host, and I am also the owner of PayProV Publishing. PayProV means pain, progress, victory, because I believe without pain, there is no progress, and without progress, there can be no victory. So I help people take their stories from a thought to a realization. And I am super excited today because we have a special guest today with us. Her name is Carla Scipio. And when I tell you this woman is a worker bee, a worker, worker bee, she's a queen bee. And she has created, um, I would say a series or an array of books that are self-help books um, from different genres, but she's going to talk to us about the game plan for life. So hello, Carla, how are you? I am doing well. Good morning, Laquita. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for saying yes. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So tell us about you. Where are you from, Carla? Originally,
1: I was born in Trinidad in the Western East. I was raised in New York and then I moved to Georgia probably about 30 years ago. (laughs) So, you know, I'm kind of, I've lived in Georgia the longest in any place else in the
0: world. So I consider myself a a transplanted Georgia peach. <laughs> I know that's right. I was <laughs> going to say Georgia peach by way of Trinidad, by way of New York, and finally you right. rested here. Because I tell people anybody that's been in Georgia longer than five years, they're original. They're they're peach. They yeah, are peach. Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: If you came before nineteen ninety six, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And there are very few of us who were born and raised in Georgia. Right. I am. I am an original peach. And I, I tell you, I love it. I can't imagine living somewhere else. But I, I commend people who uh, who have the um, who have the the gall and the, the 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 strength to move and stay in different places. So, welcome, welcome to my heart on pages. And my heart on pages is simply a conversation about your journey. So I want to know about your journey to your book. So and and you've written several, right? Yeah. So, what, why did you decide that, you know, I want to be an author? Did you ever say, I want to be an author? Was that one of your dreams? No,
1: no, it, it never was. I was, a, I am an avid reader. I've been reading ever since I knew that the ABCs connected and informed a world besides televisions and movies and stuff like that. But I never saw myself as being the being one who would write
0: books, definitely not. I like what you just said you said as as um, from the time you realized that ABCs formed a world and I like that because people know reading reading takes you all over the world you can you can travel all over the world with a good book so I, I like that I like that I may have to steal that so don't be surprised if you hear that again <laughs> so tell us, so tell us what made you what made you start writing um I started writing because I realized
1: I had an epiphany. I think I was getting ready to turn 50 and I realized that probably half of my life was behind me and that my journey, although it was, I had a lot of accolades and a lot of positive and, and really mountaintop experiences. I also been through some valley experiences and what I wanted to do was to take what I've learned in my journey, and share it with someone else. Okay. So it was also, to, for me, too, it was also a way of cleansing. There were some things inside of me that I knew that I needed
0: to get out, and, you know, putting it on paper was one way of, of doing that. Okay, I like that. You know, um, a lot of people don't realize that there's power in the pen. And writing, getting it out of here and getting it on paper, even whether it's for others to see and share or whether it's just to get it out of here. And that's, that's, where, that's where my love for journaling came in. Uh, I have several journals and I love going back. I did that the other day. I pulled my journals out from my secret hiding place. And I went and I started reading some and I was like, wow, I can see, I can chart my growth. And then there right. are some areas where you can read and say, hmm, I still need to work on that. But girl, there was a journal that I, I burned in the fireplace. I mean, not the fireplace, in <laughs> the barbecue grill, because that was my alter ego period. You know, we all have that, that time in our lives. And I was uh-huh. like, nobody's going to read this. No, I'm not going to die and somebody's going to find this journal. So, but there's power in the pen. So what made you, so, so let's talk about the game plan for life. I love that title. I absolutely love that title. So what type of, what type of book is that?
1: Basically it's, it's, a you know, when I, when I think about my experience, I, my life to me, although it was ordained by our creator, um, I thought I was making decisions, but I really was just living life every day. Not planning, no foresight, no vision, just taking life as it came. And I realized that was not the best thing. Cause you know, when I looked back and I was like, dang, I didn't even think I just ended up here. You know, there were things I could have done. For a long time I survived and I lived in the survival mode. No vision, no plan, no nothing. Just whatever happened, I dealt with a circumstance and I I felt like people needed to know the importance of having a a personal vision. Now it doesn't mean it's going to remain just like that or it's in black and white, but
0: if you plan ahead, at least you'll be prepared for whatever may happen. I like that. I like that. This is not a practice life. I I work with an author oh. who wrote a book called "This is not a, pra- a practice life," and she says that you gotta you only get one, mm. you only get one. And if you're just if you're just living in survival mode, then you're not getting the best out of your life. You you're not. It's not it's not quality. So I like that. So so what made you decide to write the book, the game plan? So was it to to kind of is it is it kind of like a um, a guidebook of sorts of, of what to do's and what not to do's. Tell us what, tell us about some of the content. Now we can't give away all the book. Okay. We're not going to tell you the whole story listeners because we want you to buy the book. Okay. So we're going to give you some pieces of it and you can't, we can't tell you the whole story. So we're going to have you, you know, go, go buy the book. If you want to get the whole story. So my journey um, as a, as a woman
1: started out, like as we said, from the Caribbean to New York to Georgia. And I had one incident when I first got married, had a baby. My first childbirth experience was so horrific that I decided, I was a pre-med student, I did well in school. I told you I loved to be, I did well in school. And I realized it was gonna take me longer to become a doctor than it would for me to become a registered nurse. So I went to nursing school but my main purpose was to actually become a labor delivery nurse because of my experience as a as a patient. First mm-hmm. time in the hospital, had a baby in a third world country, far away from all my family, my mom and my grandmother, everybody was in New York. And here I am back in Trinidad having a baby. And it was the most traumatic experience of my life. Mm-hmm. But I felt that that was also a turning point for me. Um, I ended up working, like I said, going to school, labor and delivery, and then I uh, ended up in my purpose where I am today. Mm-hmm. But with the game plan for life, it tells me about, it shows people that there are so many different dimensions to you, to the person. Mm-hmm. And this is some of the lessons, this is what I learned from my lesson. And there's so many sides. I mean, we're talking about the emotional side, physical, we're talking about um, social emotional, and all of these spiritual, all of these signs need to be addressed, need to be nurtured, and need to be taken care of. See, but I had no one to sit me down and say, well, girl, you know, mind, body, and spirit, you gotta you gotta feed all of this stuff. It was just by chance that I learned all of this just from, you know, surviving. So that was the reason behind the Game Plan for Life. And basically, it goes into how to take care of yourself financially, how to take care of yourself relationally, emotionally, spiritually, physically. It just addresses the whole person, the whole.
0: And I wrote it with women and and girls in mind. Mm -hmm. It addresses the whole woman. I like that. I like that. Um, You remind me of a program that I have uh, called Beauty Redefined. And that Beauty Redefined program is for teenage girls. And it talks about redefining beauty from the inside out. And it addresses, you know, how it, it addresses the physical, the emotional, the psychological and not comparing yourself to what the world says you are. But yes. but the inside. And I like that because it sounds like the game plan for life complements that because you're you're addressing you're addressing the whole person, including financial, including, you know, loving yourself. I like, I love the loving yourself from the inside out. So, so I like that. I like that equipment, especially with our young girls who deal so much with image. So that's, that's the game plan for life. But then you wrote a journal you've written, you've written several, we'll, we'll go over some of those too, but you've written several, but um, I want to get into hello, beautiful, your hello, beautiful journal. I, I love that. I love that title. Um, because when I do my mentoring programs, I teach my, my, my girls to, to take a mirror, hold the mirror and stand in or hold a mirror or stand in front and actually give them mirrors and to stand in front of the mirror and say, I love myself. And they start with a with a real, you know, uh, I, you know, I think I love myself. And then by the time they finish with this exercise and we, it's a repeat, a re, you know, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, it becomes, I love myself. And there's that confidence. And you know, it's kind of like when you get angry, you count the 10. Um, right. But when you get angry or when you start feeling like I'm not, I'm unlovable or I, I don't care enough about myself and nobody cares about me, then you, you repeat that, rinse and repeat, I love myself. And then you see that esteem start to build. So yeah. why was Hello Beautiful, um, after Game Plan for Life, why was Hello Beautiful a necessary tool for you to publish?
1: Hello Beautiful is, is a project that's been part of me for a long time but just you know in the lines, of what you just said where as women especially women of color we're rejected society has a a, a, sta- a realistic um standard of beauty and i feel like we are all beautiful and we don't have to and that's my point my point is to teach women and girls we don't have to stand up or we don't have to be like what society says we should be. So Hello Beautiful is, is a way for them. And it has journal prompts in them where they can share how they feel. They can put their thoughts on paper. It's, it's like a cleansing tool. But at the same time, it helps them build their self-confidence, help them build their self, you know, self-worth, and self-esteem. Because we be there, we're dejected because of size, we're dejected because of the rejected because our hair, because of our facial features, because of the color of our skin. But I want people, I want women to know that you're beautiful no matter what. You are born beautiful. You are worthy from day one, from the time you came into this world. You are worthy. You have a lot of self-worth. No one can take that from you. So. That's why you know, hello, beautiful because that's how I spell it. Hello, beautiful. Everyone has his own. Everyone has their
0: own kind of music. I love that, girl. You go ahead and preach. Go ahead and preach, girl. I love it because you're absolutely right. We are. We're. We're. Uh, the what you said about um, there being an unrealistic. Um, A point of beauty of what beauty looks like, because I and I know you've seen it. I've seen it. There can be somebody who on the outside, they they look amazing, you know, hair put together, makeup, flawless, you know, they have a, a, a quote unquote nice body and the attitude is deplorable. And then there's there's somebody who may not look as physically appealing as somebody else, but just the most beautiful person ever. And that's the beauty. Yes. That's the beauty. So I, I love that. So why. Um, so you, you have you have game plan for life. And then hello, beautiful. And then um, there's, it, so is hello, beautiful journal and love letters to self. Is that one and the same or is that a different? Is that a different? Because girl, you got so much going on. I want to cover it all. I, so, I love yes. it. All of that is part of the, the I just want to add something, what you just said. When we
1: talked, when you talked about the person that looks, has everything going on the outside. Oftentimes when that person look in the mirror, they don't see what we see. So, you know, it, and that's why it's so important that we build on that, it's, it's not about looks, it's about that confidence, it's about being able, confident enough in yourself to know that you are worthy. But um, going back, you know, love letter to self is all about part of loving you. It's mm-hmm. all about part of being, hello, beautiful. So when you write these love letters to yourself, hey Carla, You are beautiful, just like you were talking about earlier. You're beautiful, you're the bomb. There's nobody like you. And sometimes we tend to put ourselves down and be really hard on ourselves. So we have to learn to love on us, embrace who we are, authentic or not, no matter what you look like, no matter what you do. You know, your worth is not dependent on how much money you have, where you live, the type of job, the kind of company. No, you, you were born worthy. I am so, beautiful. That's the reason. <laughs> yes, you are beautiful. That's what we have to affirm ourselves and we have to affirm each other. Hey, girl, you. And oftentimes you find women are so reluctant to tell another woman, hey, you really, I love how you look. I love that dress. I love your smile. Yeah, I love yeah. your eyes when they light up, how they light up when you smile. Like we have to be more positive to ourselves and to each other. I tell people, if you, you
0: can't love somebody well, until you love, love yourself. yourself. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's a page from my book. How can I how can I love you without first loving myself? Because it, I can pretend, but it's going to come out. It's going to come out. You can't hide it. I, I absolutely love that. We don't have enough of that. We have more more tearing down than we have building up. And our young girls see that. That's why that's important for me. Uh, I, I remember I have two girls, an older uh, my my um, older daughter, uh, and my son is a middle and a younger one. And I remember uh, we went to. I used to work in education, and I worked at a, 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 a elementary school, and it was predominantly white. And I remember my daughter wanting to run for miss third grade and she was you know darker skinned and and she said I want to run she said to me I want to run for miss third grade but I probably won't win and I said well why would you say that and she said because um the other girl is prettier than me and she was a white girl and I said absolutely not and I taught her then you you are beautiful you are beautiful and I try to instill that in my children and Carla I don't care what my children go through they are some of the most the some of the most confident children and they will they I mean it doesn't matter my my oldest daughter is, is, is heavy and she has the most beautiful smile and dimples and she and she said I choose to be me I don't I don't get into all that and that's because I taught them that you have to love who you are from the inside out before you can even love somebody else so I absolutely love that I love that so now uh, before we get into the book about the nonprofit, um, let's talk about the power of private confessions and conversations tell me about I mean what tell me about that you know, you know, as young girls, we had diaries. So this is a grown this is a grown folks diaries. <laughs> like, the, like the like the journal that I burnt in the fireplace. Yeah, like the a, girl, I know. I, I <laughs> <laughs> it burned no. up and I had to go through and make sure that all the I made sure that all of the pages burned. I was like, hmm, that was a time, girl. That was the, that was the, that was doing the Chanel era. Okay. Yeah. I okay. used to be Chanel. So <laughs> I can tell you some stories offline, some offline stories, girl. Well, listen, I may need to just keep that between me and God, because <laughs> I'm not that same person anymore. <laughs> some you just, just had to go, you know, go with you to the grave, you
1: know, just go that's with right.
0: you to the grave.
1: That's right. That's the purpose behind the power of private confessions and conversations. It's like, you know, it's like you're, you're, you're writing the God. Well, God, you know I did so. Because you know it anyway. Yes, right. And it's just you confessing yes. and writing it down because to, that's also cleansing and it's also releasing. Mm-hmm. And you can do whatever you want to
0: do with it. Don't let the kids find it after go, you did know? it. <laughs> hey, write it and forget about it. Right. But you know what? That I like that because a lot of times I work with a lot of people who... Who have some stories that are so deeply embedded um, Mm. that there's a shame that comes along with it and they don't have any place to put it. So they don't realize that if you write about it and get it out and just because you write about it doesn't mean you have to tell people about it, but the healing for me is there are people who are going through what I've gone through. So I'm on the other side of it, but there are people who are trying to get through it. So if I, if my sharing my story helps them get past it, then that's the benefit and it helps you heal. So you're really? right, but you got to make sure and when you're writing it, you're getting it out and you can do what you want to do with it. But you also got to make sure when you start telling those um, those confessional type stories that you're doing it in a safe environment. Yes, and that's and that's and I'm glad that you mentioned the word
1: you use the word healing because I call these therapeutic journals. Yeah, these are therapeutic journals. People don't realize journaling goes way back from since the beginning of man, Mm -hmm. you know, since the right tools have come in place. How healing, how cleansing, and and it also builds you up because you are able to see yourself on paper, you express your thoughts, you put it on paper. So I call it. All of those journals, I, what I call my journals, period. Therapeutic healing. It takes, you know, it lessens your anxiety. Um, you you get to kind of see yourself in, yeah. in a different
0: way. The real when you. you. Put those thoughts, uh-huh, when you put those thoughts on paper. So, yeah. I like, I like that. I like that. So, um, listeners, you guys have to go on Amazon and get those journals get those journals um, so you can heal and help other people heal because you know what we have, we have stories. Um, When I first started with um, my story, um, Walking Limitations, I didn't, I didn't market it. I, Mm -hmm. I told the people who who knew me that I was writing a book. And so fast forward about five years later, when, you know, now about a year ago, I started sharing the story and I had no idea how much my story would be beneficial to other people and help them to heal. But also myself, you know, it helped me get over some things that I didn't even realize. I used to think every time I walked into a room, somebody looked directly down at my legs. Well, people Mm -hmm. didn't even know about my legs. Some people was like, I never knew it was me because that was something deeply embedded. So I like the, I like the way that you put your, your journals. And I like the, um you know the ones for the children there's one for there's one for every genre you got one for the children for the young girls and then you got you know grown folk confession and you know what well, children that. got some grown folk confessions too you know they got some some things going on in the secret crevices of their lives too so I like well, that and then um you have learned how to turn your pain into profit tell me about that um learn
1: how to turn your pain into purpose one of the things I learned and bless other others um, I, saw, I started writing this book because you know you never okay you don't understand at the moment why God allows you to work in different places meet different people and do different things so as a nurse um saw the labor delivery i would get the patients at the end i would get mothers coming in to have their babies but as a nurse you didn't have that much time to teach or spend with the patients you see them they deliver them see you and they go on and the next person comes down the line so i ended up working in the um after i did that for a couple of years probably about 20 years i'm telling my age i would end up working in community health where i worked as a nurse manager in a community health center. So I had the woman when they came in for their prenatal visits. And I re- then I realized that, dang, um, I'm truly blessed. You know, when you compare yourself and you see the needs of these young women in the community, then I end up in college health. So from the community center of nursing labor delivery to the community health, then I'm in college health. And I'm like, this is the cream of the crop. <laughs> And then they started coming in, we call them freaking flies, coming in for the same thing over and over. And I'm like, well, what did they learn at home? Right. What did they teach them at home? What did they teach them at school? I was like, no, they need help as well. So what I did was um, I reached out to someone on campus who put me in contact with another person because I worked in a I worked in a small urban um HBCU. And they put me in contact with someone, and this is the purpose of relationship is so important, partnership and collaboration, especially when you talk about the 501C3, they put me in contact with someone because I wanted to do something on campus. And I didn't know where to begin. I didn't know how to do it. this. It my first time on campus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm working for a 501C3, but I didn't know diddly squad about a 501C3. So anyway, long story short, we sat down. I talked about what I wanted to do. Um, my health center had a little bit of money. And the first year we invited someone that was recommended to us. They came from New York and I realized I paid this way, I paid her way, paid her move on board. And what she did, I could done for myself. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I decided to keep it local and it went for one day to a three day. The first day was a pap and me party where the kids came out. They got uh, actually allowed um, up-and-coming vendors to come out and to sew into the kids, and they actually had access to the children, they had access to new customers, and then on the second day was the meet, where we had, we invited different speakers to come out and speak to them, and on the third day was the spiritual aspect of it, but I needed more money, and I didn't know how to get the money. And I remember someone, uh, one lady, you know, the summertime was our last time, and she called, she said, I have the $60,000 grant, and I need you to, um, I want you to take part of it, I want you to, to you can get this money. I'm like, why do the lady keep calling me for money? I don't need this money. So I ignored her for the whole entire summer. And then finally, $60,000, I, I get to do whatever I want to do, and I can get some students to help me go out on campus and talk about, you know, things that's relevant to them. So I decided to take it. I didn't know how to apply for a grant. I remember reaching out to a, um, someone on campus. and They were like, call this place right here, Atlanta Fulton um, Authority. I called them and they said, yeah, you, we got some money. I'm like, she said, but you have to apply for it. I said, well, I don't know how to apply for it. So she sent me an application And then ask for a work plan and ask for all of these things. I didn't know how to do that. So I kind of bit my um, my pride and put it down and I called her again and she sent me an example. And that's how I started learning about nonprofits. You know, I didn't know what a nonprofit was. I didn't know the services. I didn't know how to apply for grants. I didn't know how to review grants. But, you know, at the end of my stay, I was able to help others start nonprofits. I learned about nonprofits. I was able to to be a grant reviewer. I knew how to to, learn about the different things. And I decided I wanted to start my own nonprofit. And the reason why I wanted to start my own nonprofit was because my burden, for women and girls were really heavy. I saw the need that we needed to share. And someone challenged me and I went and I wrote, um, I created the narrative, I did everything for myself. And then someone else said, well, can you start my nonprofit for me? So I went ahead and I did that. And then that person told somebody else and I went ahead and I did this. And so it kept on going and growing and growing and growing. But um, out of my pain and my pain for me, was actually my relationship with my mom. And I went and I met other people whose pain was different when you talk about job, what you went through um, mm-hmm. as a as a young child. I realized everybody I've encountered homeless, people who've been homeless, whose children has um, died early, prematurely, so many different people with so many pains that wanted to take that pain and turn it into a purpose and create a nonprofit so they can help us. And that's how I decided I was gonna write. I was gonna talk about social entrepreneurship. What is, you know, how to, cause oftentimes people come when they associate nonprofits, they think about grants, they think about grant money, and they think it's real easy. But when you borrow, when you get money from someone, they're gonna tell you how to do it, what to do, what not to do. So I saw the need. And I decided that I wanted to be the solution. Mm-hmm. And I saw where people were charging people exorbitant prices for different things. And I wanted to do it in a cost-effective way because at the end of the day, the purpose is to help other people.
0: Exactly, I like that. I like that. So I'm looking at your, your several books and I like the description. The, this book is written for those who have been hurt and or have a desire to turn their pain into their purpose. If you desire to make a difference in the lives of others you don't know where to start or how and but you don't know how to start or how this is for you. I like that. I like the fact that you know there there are times when people say okay I'm going to help you and that help is limited it's, it's, yeah. I'm, I'm going to help you, but I'm just going to give you just enough to, to need me to help you some more. Yeah. Uh, and then when I need you to help me some more, I'm going to get you just in, and then I'm going to need you to pay me to help you through the rest yeah. of the way. So yeah. I, I like that. I like the, I like the give back. I love your, I love your spirit of your spirit of giving, uh, your humanitarian spirit. I love that. So what's, so what's the, um, out of, out of, everything that you've gone through and the books that you've written um, what advice would you give someone who is wanting to start um, writing their story no matter what it is you know our, everybody's story uh how how you write your story can be different uh you have done an amazing job in writing your story and your experiences in the form of self-help books several self-help books and journals. Um, somebody's story might be a story of, of you know, of abuse or neglect. Um, somebody else's story might be a children's book. They might get out what they're wanting to do in a children's book or a cookbook. Um, whatever your story is, what advice would you give somebody to, to get started? Just start. <laughs> just start. Just start. Hey, <laughs> you know, that's my thing, just start. You don't have to go through a whole mansion. Just start, just start. Just start. Just
1: start. I started writing. Um, I started writing on in a, on my notebooks. I have one friend that I, I encouraged to take those notebooks and put it on on, on the computer. I started writing in longhand for you know when I first started, mm-hmm. how many years back, and then I was like, you know what? It's easier to do on the computer, so I started doing it on the computer. But I realized making sure that you take time, put aside time in the day for you. You know, self time to self reflect. Time to just be quiet. Time to you know pray, devotion, whatever people do. Different people do different things, but you know, just sitting down and having that conversation with yourself. For right. me, I had to journey back. I had to go to the car. Like, to my my earliest memory was me actually. Going to visit my mother in the hospital when she had when she delivered my, my younger sister. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. had to go all the way back from there and then come back forward now and just look at the different things in my life that happened and look at the big things in my life, or even sometimes small things that pointed me in a different direction. And that's how I was able to start writing. Mm-hmm. And I started from there. That was my story. And it was one of the books that I didn't even mention. It was a, um, it talked about the journey. My first book was really just a memoir. And I felt like that was a cleansing. I'm going to do it over. I'm going to do something else with it. But for me, it was a cleansing because, and it started, and I know you asked me a question. It started when it was a generational thing. And I saw what my mother did to me I saw her do it to my granddaughter, mm. and that's why that was the point in my journey when I said, "I'm going to write about this." And I didn't even know when I started doing it that it was a cleansing, and it made me at the end it made me see my mother from a different perspective. Mm. But it also gave me the um, it also gave me the strength and the uh, I'm trying to find the right word to make me want to help other women mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because oftentimes we we deal with generational generational curses and generational things that come down from generation to generation and we don't to have a clue about it
0: and that's why it was so important to have that game plan for life yes i love that because sometimes you got to go backwards in order to get forward you gotta you gotta see you know where you come and then I I like also writing and journaling because sometimes you got it you have to create that narrative because Mm -hmm. you have to sometimes we have to we have to address those things that happened in the past in order to clean them up for the future so something that's going on you can say okay you know what I recognize this I recognize this let me let me do something about this so that this stops here and getting it down, and, and, and you know, sometimes writing is, it, it exposes it exposes you, it exposes your dirt. But write it anyway because there's healing after that, right? After that, you got to get to that healing. So, I'm about, I'm about, uh, go ahead. so Carla, no, I, I was about, oh go ahead, okay. go
1: ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna add also. You never know who you, who you you know some people are, are private individuals, but for me. There's certain things
0: that I, I allow the public to see because you never know who you'll have. Yeah, you don't, you don't. You know, um I, I'm a thrifter, so some days I just like to go to different thrift stores. It doesn't matter. I'm not really a big goodwill person. I think goodwill is too expensive, but <laughs> but I'm a I'm a thrifter. But so sometimes I'm I'm going and I don't I don't necessarily know what I'm looking for, but when I find it, I'm like, okay, this is it this is it. And it's the same thing. There are people who are going through something and they need help. They don't quite know what it is that they need, or they don't quite know how to find out what they need, but you can pick up, they may pick up the game plan for life. And as they're reading it, it's like, oh, the light bulb goes on. And and it's like, this is it. This is what I've been needing. This is what I've been looking for. And so if you didn't take the time to put pen to paper and to publish that, because there are billions of people on the planet, but there's only a small group of people who will take the time lots of us will write our stories but there's only a small group of people who will take the time to publish that story so if you write your story you see it if you write it and keep it in your journal you see it but if you're helping somebody your your writing helps you absolutely but if you're helping somebody else and there's somebody else then you publish that you've helped a multitude of people that you will never come in contact with yeah And so it's a, and that's the beauty of writing your story. And, and I, and I love that you've written your heart centered. I love to call it your heart center, because when you write from the heart, it's authentic and it connects well with people. So people understand what you're trying to say and they get it. It helps their light bulb come on. And it's a domino effect because what happens to us in our lives, is not about us. Right. It's not about us. It's about helping other people through what we've gone through in our lives. So yeah. This has been an amazing conversation. So how can people get in touch with you? Um, they can get in touch with me through my website,
1: which is that I have several websites. But for this purpose, I'm going to use the Born Educators Academy. That's our nonprofit. So it's the Born Educators Academy. And you can find us on Facebook as well, on Instagram, and also on, on the website. Um, you can also find me on, on Facebook or even on Amazon as Carla, that's Carla with a K K A R L A
0: last name, Scipio, S C I P I O. Awesome. So what are some, if, if you had to give, and I know you said just start, um, if you had, if you're talking to, talk to your, talk to your 15 year old self, um, what would you tell your 15-year-old self now, now that you, you're you're your you're your 15 plus self now? <laughs> uh, uh, what if you had to go back and have a conversation with your 15-year-old self, what would that conversation look like?
1: Hmm. <laughs> Girl, <laughs> listen, you know, 15 years old, I just wanted to be free. I just wanted to get out there. I would tell myself. Freedom comes with a price. Utilize the gems that are the the ones around you that are pouring into you and just be quiet and learn and observe. Well, observe and learn. And you will get there. Plan your journey. You will get there. Stick to your plans. Be tenacious. Stuff is going to happen, but just don't let that make you give up or turn back. Just keep on, be like an ox. Just keep on going, keep
0: on going. That's what I would tell my 15-year-old since. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Carla. This has been a great conversation. And we can, you know, that your book's available on, are your books on your website or just on Amazon? No, Amazon is also on my website. Okay. So we we like for you to get all your money, honey. So we want you to go, go visit Carla's website, um, the born, the born educators, the, uh, the born educators Academy and purchase connect with Carla and, you know, see how you can be a part of her nonprofit and make a donation if you can and purchase those books and help these young people and help yourself to, to be better, to achieve more, to grow, because there is a game plan for life. There right. is a game. We know we have the Bible. But God gave us, God blessed us with abilities to be able to put other tools together to help in that mission. And God don't Mm -hmm. need no help. That's not what I'm saying. God don't need any help. But we need help.
1: Can I I add one thing? I forgot to talk about the nonprofit. For the nonprofit for women and girls, uh, right now what we're trying to do is um, we connect women and girls to community resources. We help them with educational, um, educational activities. But right now our biggest focus is collecting um, we're really part of the End Period Poverty Campaign, so we're collecting feminine hygiene products for women. Uh, we're also collecting um, women's underwear and children's underwear, and we're also collecting diapers. We're on Amazon, the Born Educators Academy is on um, 501c3. We're on Amazon, so you can go to Amazon and order the supplies, or the peer pads tampons, cups, and then we will get it. they will send it to us. So we
0: be sure we appreciate it. We definitely appreciate the help. Oh awesome. And how long is this? Is this a campaign? How long does this last? Is it is it's gonna it be until I, it's gonna be ongoing until well ongoing until the end of March because we're doing it out of
1: um you know March is Women and Girls Month. Okay. So that's, okay. we're doing that and not only do
0: we help women here in Metro Atlanta, we are we also helping women in Trinidad. Okay. Awesome. So if there's somebody who, who wants to, you know, go to Walmart or somewhere and purchase, is, is there a location they can drop the items off at? They can, they can also uh, contact me and I probably
1: can meet them somewhere. Okay. Uh, and, I, and I'll give you my contact information. It's 404-704-4992, 404 704 And just let me know when I meet you somewhere. and then pick
0: it up okay awesome thank you so much this has been another amazing episode of my heart on pages with my special guest carla Scipio. and carla thank you so much i i love it and and i don't have these books but i am definitely going to be purchasing uh especially i'm i'm drawn to hello beautiful uh i might take a look at those private confessions and conversations too (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I might take a look and grab that for myself. I do a women's group and I might grab that and say, hey, come on, let's do this activity. So that's a that's a good one for my exhale group. So again, this is Laquita Parks. Uh, do you have any closing words, final words for us, um, Carla? I just want to thank you for your platform and for the things that you're doing
1: in the community and helping people to get their stories out. Definitely, I appreciate
0: you a whole lot. Well, thank you so much. And if you have a story, it doesn't matter where you are in your story writing journey we can help you if you have a story, and I know that you do, and you don't know how to get started, we can help you get started, if you have started writing your story and you stuck we can help you get unstuck. And if you finish writing your story and you need a publisher, you need it to be published, we can get it edited for you and published, formatted, published, and we can help you market it. So reach out to us at www.payprovpublishing.com. That's www.p-a-p-r-o-v-i-publishing.com. And we can help you take your story from a thought to a realization. Until next time, It has been a plump, pleasing pleasure, better than a triple deck of peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Thank you so much, Carla. And until next time, we'll see you later. Thank you.